I've had way more things that have failed than have succeeded. And that's, I think, the biggest learning lesson is that as long as you don't repeat the same mistakes over and over again, where you catch yourself in a vicious cycle, if you can learn from those mistakes or those, I don't even call them failures. I just call them learnings. In this episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Zlako Bajelic, who goes by Z. He's based in California. He's the host of the podcast, What Is My Brain?, where he talks to entrepreneurs and marketers about brainstorming. Z also writes a weekly newsletter for creators and entrepreneurs, where he provides actionable tips based on his vast experience in e-commerce. He has an interesting journey where he goes from worker to freelancer to entrepreneur of two agencies. He talks about embracing curiosity and asking questions to grow personally and professionally. Z's story shows that we all have the power to be creative and bet on ourselves. Please enjoy my conversation with Zlatko Z Bajelic on the MeBet podcast. Welcome to the MeBet, Z. Hey, thank you, Erica. I appreciate you uh, having me on. I'm I'm super excited to to be on the podcast. I am so happy to have you here and uncover your story. So your MeBet journey started when you became a freelancer. Is that right? Yeah, uh, in 2010, 2011, around that time. Exactly, exactly. So tell me about how that all started, because you were working at other companies and you decided to go out on your own as a freelancer. So how did that start? Yeah, so I was actually uh, one of my first jobs was in the hospitality space. I was actually working as a bellman at a hotel driving a limo. And then I transitioned into um, working at AT&T as a as a sales consultant um, inside one of their stores. And um, it was just one of those situations where there was a lot of micromanaging going on. And I just always had uh, sort of the sense of entrepreneurship brewing inside of me. I was always looking at different things as like ideas or opportunities or, hey, this can be a business or I just had a different mindset. And so um, I was there for two years and I always say to myself, it's been two years too long, I feel like, but um I I left that I gave myself six months um, and I had my sister at the time who was living in Orange County. I was up in the Bay Area. She was in Orange County and uh, she told me that she had an open room that they her and her boyfriend weren't using at the time. So I ended up giving myself six months at the job. I had no plan of what I was going to do. I just needed to get out of where I was and I moved down with her and two weeks before I moved down um my one of my friends had it was like a friend of a friend um had a business and he needed somebody to do some project management and i had some previous experience doing some project management work for like web web design companies and things like that and when he asked me to do that i said yes because i obviously didn't have a job going down there i was literally had about thousand dollars in my pocket maybe at that point so i was just running on fumes and, um, you know, he was, he said, how much do you ask me, how much do you want to get paid? And at that point, I was I literally thinking like anything, like, just give me <laughs> scraps, I will take whatever. 
And he said, how about $17 an hour? And I said, perfect, let's do $17 an hour. And the beautiful part about it was that was in 2011. And that was, I was working from home, which was absolutely unheard of. And so basically what happened, I was working as a project manager, helping him run his e-commerce uh, business. And then from there started learning a lot of different things around the tech side of things um, and understanding design, development, all of these things. And then fast forward, um, I ended up getting onto Upwork around 2016. And that's really when I started offering myself as a consultant, a project management consultant on Upwork. And then from there, started getting jobs, started getting a really good reputation on Upwork. And from there on, I built my agency. So that's kind of the short story. And I can dig into a little bit details uh, in there if you if you, if you you want to know. But that's that's basically the journey. I just kind of flew at the seam of my pants, to be honest with you. Sometimes that really works for certain people. And I know your personality, that really works <laughs> because I know you're somebody who really likes to execute fast. Yeah. <laughs> Moving fast, moving fast, always 100 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. Now, I know that you had a stock subscription business. How did that come about? Okay, yeah, so that's a that's an interesting story. So working at AT&T, uh, we always had to be sort of, um, we, we had a dress code, basically. You know, you had to wear certain type of pants, khakis, dress pants, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And everybody just kind of looked the same. And it was one of these things where I didn't want to, you know, go there and be wearing like a bright pink shirt or be that, you know, that person. I have an extroverted personality. And I felt that was always my little unique sort of like air quotes niche of connecting with people a little bit differently because I can talk to literally anybody. I'll sit at a coffee shop and I'll just talk to somebody. And the sock thing, I ended up going to the store and I was like, the only thing that I can really do to be a little bit different is to have a, a colorful pair of dress socks so that, you know, your pants are not like going over your shoe. You stick them up a little bit. People see the socks. And no joke, Erica, people used to approach me and just be like, hey, I like your socks. And that would be like the, the icebreaker. And we would just start having conversations. And before they were even like a customer, they almost became like a friend that I can just talk to. They're like, hey, because they almost felt, hey, this person has personality. So I can just talk to him. I don't have to feel like putting, you know, puffing up my chest and being this professional thing or whatever that might be. And when I got out of that AT&T job, um, I ended up uh, sitting around one day with a couple of my friends at a, at a Christmas, after a Christmas dinner, and I, we were watching Shark Tank. And, you know, you on Shark Tank, you see so many crazy things. Like somebody made like a can opener and they made a million dollars. You're just like, what happened here? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing wrong that I'm not in, in that position? So yeah. uh, I told my friend, I said, you know what? we need to make sock purchasing easier because every time I go to the store, I feel like I get the same type of socks. They're very expensive. The quality is never great. You know, it was just always this sort of back and forth. And at the time, uh, the person that I had partnered up with, they had no clue about anything tech related. And I did, but they had a little bit of more like finances in the bank account. So I told him, I said, Hey, if you're willing to throw some money at it, I can kind of make everything come to life. I can do the boxes. I can really do all of that. And at the time I was living in LA and I, my goal was my simple goal, Erica was 
let's make sock purchasing easy as if you go to the Apple website and there's just three choices. You get the you get the 13 uh, inch MacBook, you get the 15 inch MacBook and you get the 17. There's nothing else. There's no craziness. There's no thousand options. Just keep it simple. And it was all subscription based. And so that's what we did. We gave a one pair of socks, two pair of socks or three pairs of socks per month. And you got to choose and I went to, uh, I, I went, just wandered around LA trying to find a vendor. And I finally found somebody and they sold us wholesale socks and we would go in, we would repackage them and we would throw them in these really nice, almost like iPhone looking boxes where you would just open it from the top up. And inside there would be a nice pair of socks rolled up with a little like handwritten card. And we made the experience like really, really cool. And so that was actually my first uh, my business that I considered, I put in, you know, more than 50% of the effort to get the website dialed in the branding, the product. I mean, I did all of it. I had no idea about fulfillment. I didn't know about anything. I just, I was like, let's go get the socks and then we'll figure it out one step at a time. So, um, and that business was actually really cool and exciting until this day. I, I want to bring that back some somehow, some way. But the problem was I didn't end up making very much money because our margins were, you know, we were a small business. So our margins were really low. And um, I ended up starting an agency in the meantime, which sort of transitioned me into falling into that a little bit more because I had to just make money and I was going absolutely broke at the time. So that was, that was a sock subscription thing, but it was one of my favorite businesses that I've ever started. Honestly, I could say that till this day. You probably learned a lot that has helped you even in your agency businesses. hundred percent. I actually had a conversation with somebody a week ago and they run a fulfillment center and I started breaking down all the things that I learned. And they're like, did you have a background in fulfillment? And I was like, no, actually I ran a sock business and I learned everything that I possibly can through, through running a sock business and, and understanding how everything works and, uh, you know, paying vendors on a net 30 and night 15 and making sure you know, there's just so many moving parts. And I, and I literally ran a that in my studio in LA and I was just doing nearly absolutely everything for that for that project and it was a lot of fun I mean it was long days but it was a lot of fun that is proof that taking action you learn so much versus thinking it through because you have this friend who has this big fulfillment center who does this on a daily basis and you're talking to him and he's like hold on you know about this stuff too <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It connects people differently. Like you're on the same wavelength at that time. So it's, it's just, you know, you pick up little things that, I mean, when would I learn about fulfillment? I, everything I do is digital right now. And I literally had to go to the fulfillment center. I had to go to the vendor. I had to make sure that they were connected. Packages were moving left and right. I mean, it was a whole logistics thing that I had no experience about. But you learned a lot along the way. That's fantastic. Action breeds results. I always say that. I love that. So is it fair to say that you've hit your 10-year anniversary or has it been longer than 10 years since you've been on your entrepreneurial journey? I think we're approaching the 12th year at this, this point, like 12th or 13th year. I think it was like 2010, 2011 when it first kind of, I broke into the whole consulting PM side and starting like things on my own and always being like a 1099. I haven't had a real job since 2010, I think it was. How has the journey been so far? Um, 
nothing short of exciting in every kind of way, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> learned a lot. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is that I, as I learn, I optimize. So whether it's starting an agency, whether it's starting a sock business, whether whatever that is, is that I jump into things, both feet in, and I just go with the mindset that I'm, I'm okay and I'm vulnerable enough and mature enough to understand the things I don't know, I don't know, and that I'm willing to learn, I'm willing to ask questions. And that was always one of the things that was terrible in school, but my hand was always up because I would always ask questions. And I brought that with me till this day. I'll jump in somewhere and be like, hey guys, how does this work? What can somebody just explain it to me? Can we get on a call? I will pay you for your time. Just explain to me how this works because I'm a quick learner, but I need somebody to just give me sort of that little extra push. And I think my journey overall, everything that I've ever done um, has been based on just going into it and understanding that nobody has it figured out and I don't either. And I just want to learn. And when you want to learn, you're willing to get behind things that make you excited. And when you get excited, good things come from a positive reinforcement. And I think from then you can start building different types of businesses and understanding, you know, how to optimize those businesses. So it's been exciting. I think one of the craziest things is that when I started my agency in 2018, we started with three people. And then within three years, we grew to 22 people, which was just like mind blowing. So uh, to me, that was one of the biggest lessons that I've ever had to go through because it was just, uh, I, I mean, to the point where my payroll, Erica, was close to like $60,000 a month. And it was insane to be managing that big of a team. And, um, but I also realized that's not really what I want to do. I don't want to manage big teams. And again, it's that process of doing it and then reeling it back when you feel like that's just not the right thing for you and being okay with, Hey, I built a bigger business. I don't like a big business. I like a small business. And that's really what it comes down to. So it's been full of exciting journeys, um, little journeys along the way, and a lot of great lessons that I take with me everywhere I go. And um, it, it keeps me on my toes and it keeps me excited to, you know, chat with people like yourself and anybody else in, in any community that I'm part of or whether it's Twitter or LinkedIn and, and even be able to offer people coaching advice and say, hey, I've tried this. You may want to give this a shot because that's that's a path of a little bit less resistance. You learn some things along the way but you don't have to go and break the bank and pay, you know, five, $10,000 for this thing when you can do it for $500 over here. And so I just always give people a little bit of guidance based on my experiences. That's great. Is there something that you wish you knew before starting your entrepreneurial journey? That's a good question. I can't see that anything honestly stands out. I always really just didn't enjoy sort of the admin accounting side of things. That was always like, makes me cringe where I just want to sort of do things. And, and so I learned that early on, but I don't know if there's anything I kind of, like I said, I, I learned along the way. And when I didn't like things, I would bring people in and pay them and hire them or automate it in some way and make it more lean or efficient. But I don't know. I don't know if there's anything that, um, I think maybe like how to build company culture when I built that big business, I think that was one big thing that was missing. 
But again, that comes with time. You really don't know what kind of culture you want until you start hiring people and understanding what what makes everyone jive and things like that. How would you describe yourself in one word and why? You got me thinking on this one. If it's more than one, you can you can feel free to say that. Mover and shaker. I think my my biggest thing. I'm a mover and shaker. I move, I zig and zag when I need to, and I I, I get to the thing that I want to do. That's literally me. I, I don't have any, there's nothing, nothing is impossible unless physics doesn't allow us to do it. Like that's my mindset. Nothing is impossible. I love that. That's great. And that's the right kind of mindset to have as an entrepreneur and someone who's willing to try different things. The idea is to get that first easy win and then move on or scale it or whatever. Exactly. And I've had way more things that have failed than have succeeded. And that's, I think, the biggest learning lesson is that as long as you don't repeat the same mistakes over and over again, where you catch yourself in a vicious cycle, if you can learn from those mistakes or those, I don't even call them failures. I just call them learnings. If you learn from those things and bring them with you and say, hey, I made that made that little failure or mistake back there. And I'm moving on into learning it. You're you'll be good. Whatever you do next, you'll be good. I like to call them experiments. Experiments, perfect. Because even even with an experiment, if it doesn't turn out the way you want it to, you still figured something out. You still learned something from that. Exactly. Experience. Exactly. So I like to call them experiments. I love that. I love <laughs> Feel that. Feel free to use that. I will. I will. I'm stealing that one. <laughs> so you also have a podcast which is called What Is My Brain? I've been enjoying it. I've been listening to some of your episodes and it's really, really great. Why decide to do a podcast when you have these two agencies that are keeping you busy? Um, because of conversations like this, to be quite honest with you. Um, I am such an extrovert when it comes to talking with people. I, I just posted actually something yesterday on Twitter that says my next way to level up my podcast is to start doing in-person conversations. I love talking to people and, and picking people's brains. And also at the same time, because my podcast is around creators and entrepreneurs and just people that are on some sort of journey, whatever they're doing, coaching, whatever that might be, is to shine a light on those people because I think there's... There's enough abundance in the world, especially where we live, for everyone to get a piece of the pie and for everyone to win. And it doesn't take away from anybody else. And a podcast for me is an opportunity. Yes, we can all write online. We can all post stuff on Twitter and Instagram and all this other stuff. But when you're having these conversations, you get to kind of move in the in the way that the conversation carries you there's not a static sort of like i wrote this post and now it's out there and i if i want to change my thought a little bit i have to go in and edit it here i could just talk i can flow i can get feel what the person's thinking what the person is you know what, where they're going with this conversation i can start thinking about the next question what i want to know about that specific sentence and so podcast for me is really an outlet for myself to learn more um, I, I heard Rick, do you know, do you know who Rick Rubin is by any chance? Yes, I do. Did you read his latest book by any chance? I did not read it, but I have read some of the excerpts from it. Okay. He has one fantastic line in there that he says for music artists, 
He says, do not create music for other people. The only person that needs that you're creating the music for is yourself. And that's how I look at my podcast. My podcast is for me to learn and to give. I want to give people a sense of, hey, share your journey because I want to hear about it. If other people hear about it, cool, even better. Good for you. Good for me. Everybody's happy. But I'm most happy when I'm get to just talk to people. And that really resonated with me because I think we, we've we been sort of shifting in this world of always putting ourselves out there for other people to like us, to do this, to do that. You know, on the Instagram, everyone wants to have the perfect body and all this other stuff. I really don't jive with that very much. I'm always thinking about, I'm being a little bit more selfish in my podcast because I want to know these things. And if it intrigues other people, then great. They're going to come listen to the next conversation and the next one and the next one. And if they don't like it, that's okay. There's a million other podcasts to listen to out there. Not everyone's going to like it or dislike it. And so a podcast for me is just like a really good way of having a conversation. You know, unfortunately, we have to do it virtually in most cases, but I really want to get to these in-person interviews and, and conversations because I think there's going to be a whole nother dynamic to it. So yeah, it's just a selfish medium for me to learn more, honestly. But like you said, you're learning. Yeah. Yeah. You're learning a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I just had uh I just had Danny Miranda, who has one of the best podcasts that I I he I love his podcast. And the way he goes about researching people and you know, talking to people and picking their brain in such a different way. And he goes off a of feeling. And how did you feel when you made that million dollars or a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars? It's just different. And I like that point of view. But then I also like the Joe Rogans or whatever that because there's different ways of going about it. And so that's all I want to do is just give people another perspective. And if they like it, great. If they don't, I still walk away with a good connection with somebody and something that I've learned from them that I can probably take on my journey and, and really start using it to my, to my uh, benefit as well. That's great. What challenge has taught you the most about yourself? Um, the challenge that's taught me most about myself um, was probably growing my agency and then having to bring it down from 22 people to seven people. That was very challenging because I'm very connected to humans. I'm very connected to my team. I'm very, um, I would give my shirt off the uh, off my back to anybody. I would, I, I prioritize everybody else over myself in those situations because they're doing, you know, I always look at it like I cannot believe that people actually care about a business that I've built. And the challenge when we grew that big and we were, truthfully, very bloated, um, bringing that down from 22 people to seven people, that was extremely challenging because I almost felt that I was letting people down and I had to really reconnect with myself and understand that this is just part of what's going on right now. And I can't sacrifice myself because if I'm not here, then absolutely everyone is not going to be here. And this way, at least I can you know, still have these friendships and relationships and all this other stuff. But that was very tough because I'd never been in that position myself to grow a company and then having to associate growth with revenue and people you have in your company and all these other things. When in reality, that's not really growth. That's actually, I mean, it's it's one level of growth, but there's so many levels of growth in terms of keeping things small and still being able to acquire a bigger client base or make more revenue. You know, you could still keep the team tight. 
And so that was really tough for me in the beginning to let go of some of those people and having to have that conversation. But, you know, at the end of the day, there was never any hard feelings. We all left on a good note and, you know, everyone else got other stuff going on. And so, um, but yeah, personal challenges there were really, really tough for me. Yeah, I can imagine that's probably not an easy situation to be in. Yeah, these are people that you talk to every day. You get on these voice chats, you video chats, you see them, you you feel them. They're working towards a business that you built. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it emotionally and and physically and mentally and all this other stuff. And so when you have to sort of like, you know, kind of pull a plug on some of those things, it's it's very emotionally draining. And if you don't have thick skin, those conversations can get really tricky sometimes. But luckily, I think I was able to surround myself with people who are honestly, maybe even better off not working together at this point. So that's good. Yeah, that's good. What would your younger self be proud of you for? Um, I have a background uh, as I played soccer all of my life. So I'm an athlete all my life. I think keeping a team mentality, no matter what, and keeping uh, that mentality of helping people out, collaborating with people, giving everyone an opportunity to shine. I think that would probably be the number one thing because I always focus on making sure that not only am I good, but everyone around me is good. And if somebody's not good, then I need to have a conversation and see what's going on, how I can help. And I think that team mentality has carried me through a lot of ups and downs. And it's been one of the biggest tools in my toolbox to understand how to collaborate with people, understand what makes people move and, and you know, different things like that. So I would say the team mentality has been something that stuck with me for a very, very long time. That's great. Now, I know you said that you created the podcast for yourself, mm -hmm. for your own self-learning, but it also seems like you could still use that skill, that team mentality as you're doing your podcast when you were talking about collaboration and, and reaching out to people. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I mean, I'm never afraid to reach out to somebody and say, hey, you want to jump on the podcast? Like, and, and you know, I'm not going, um, and I think kind of what you're doing on this podcast, Erica, is like, I'm not going after people because of their numbers on Twitter or, you know, the big company that they run. I'm literally talking to people that I have an interaction with. And I just say, this person has an interesting story. Their story may be a lot smaller than the next person, but it's still a story that I'm interested in. So whether they have a hundred followers, a hundred thousand followers, that's completely irrelevant for me. I'm connected to the person. And I think when you look at it that way, that's what keeps me going because if I'm chasing numbers, then I'm not chasing what makes me happy. I'm going after what looks good on paper. And so for me, when it comes to, you know, I have a couple of people coming on my podcast that are not even on Twitter and they're not building a personal brand. They're not doing anything of that sort. They're just people who are working. They have a regular job or whatever that might be, but they have a story. They have a place of you know, they migrated from a different country. but And I want to give them a place for them to talk about that, for somebody to maybe listen and say, oh, my God, I can relate to that person. Who are they? And and sort of shine that light. And that's what teamwork is all about, in my opinion. When you're on a team, it's all about giving credit where credit is due and making sure that everyone around you wins in one way or another. And that's always been my mentality. That's great. Making it a win for everyone. A win for everybody. I love that.
what does success feel like to you? Not what does it look like, but what does it feel like to you? It fills me up. It gives me like success to me. I've stopped correlating it with money and all these other things, because I think those are just, those are like vanity metrics in my opinion. I think to me, success is like what we just talked about before we started talk, uh, recording this is having an idea and being able to put it into action and getting it out there and feeling like that it's small pieces of success that make a big ball of success. It's like, it's a big puzzle and you're piecing puzzle pieces together every single day of small wins. Maybe it's a nice email from a client. Maybe it's a product I just launched. Maybe it's, you know, seeing one of my friends or somebody that I work with, you know, do something really, really well. That's success. So to me, the feeling of feeling fulfilled and feeling, you know, happy and feeling um, a sense of like freedom, I think that to me is what defines the ultimate success. Money and things like that um, are just a tool to the next destination because we do, we live in a world where money is important, but it is, I, I personally, and some people may disagree, but in my opinion, it does not define how successful you are on a grand scheme of things. That's, I think, uh, a misconception that a lot of people chase until they get to a point where they make a lot of money. And then they're just like, well, I actually don't feel that great. Like I told you earlier, I mean, we grew a team to 22 people and I had a huge payroll and all these other things that it was, you know, money was flying left and right and all these other things. But in, I never felt that sense of like, oh, this feels great. It was always the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And I just had to take a step back and be like, what am I really doing here? Like, this is great. I was able to do this, but is this fulfilling to me? And I ended up actually burning out in 2021 at the end of it, because that was, I was moving too fast and I wasn't really putting it in perspective what that really meant to me and that i think was a really really big lesson learned in terms of success you just mentioned burnout yeah and i like to talk to my guests about burnout because burnout happens not just when you are working for a company mm -hmm. but it also happens when you're an entrepreneur as well so what do you do to help you to prevent burnout uh, I think I to, to that point, I think it actually happens more to entrepreneurs than it does to people in a workplace, to, to be quite honest with you. Um, so I, I do uh, I do a few different things. And um, going back about 12 months, uh, April 2022, um, I decided that I had, you know, I had probably at that point 10, 11 years of you know, this journey of entrepreneurship under my belt, I've gone through some burnout stages, I've, you know, I had to disconnect for a couple of weeks and go and sleep on the beach and, you know, just do things that I didn't think I could, you know, do. And writing to me has become one of the most important tools that I have in my toolbox, because it it's like self therapy. I have a therapist, so that's part of, you know, managing, you know, uh, my burnout and my emotions and my energy and all these other things. But an everyday thing that I do is, on, aside from my cool dogs that I have back here then, and being with them, <laughs> um, writing has been one of the most important things and specifically just journaling, having my own personal journal where I can sit there, write my thoughts and just 
brain dump. Like I'm talking no grammar, no spelling, just keep writing. Whatever the thought that comes to mind, even if every sentence is completely different, just distill and decongest your brain. Because prior to that 12 months of starting to write online and just writing in general, I always felt this congestion, this pressure in my head where I just had so many thoughts and things going through it that I didn't have a way to distill it. I would even at times be on a walk and I'd just be talking to myself and I'd just be like, hey, well, like, you know, having these conversations. And then when I started to write, I was like, oh, my God, this is what I needed the entire time. And I think that is one of the best ways of cell therapy that I think some people may even go about it and say, oh, that's some woo woo stuff and all this. It's not. I think it's honestly one of the most powerful tools that anybody, everybody has it. It's just a matter of, you know, having, you know, we all want to be, we all have imposter syndrome. We all just kind of get stuck on things and we don't know what to write about. But if I can give anybody that's listening that feels any sort of congestion or any thoughts that they can't clear out of their head, Go buy a notebook for five bucks and start writing your thoughts down. Make a list. You don't even have to write complete sentences. Make a list. Start writing every single day. Have it on your desk if you're working. Whether you're at work, it doesn't matter. Just sit there and write things down. Because when you put that pen to paper and you put those thoughts on there, they escape your mind and now they're on the paper and you're making room for more things to come into your brain. And you're de distilling and decongesting that. And I think for me, that's probably one of, been one of the most powerful things to keep me from burning out again because you know sometimes you can feel it brewing up and I just need to like disconnect for a couple of days and just take my journal and go to a coffee shop and just hang out for a little while. That's fantastic. That reminds me of Julia Cameron's book where she talks about morning pages. Oh, Have I've you, heard of that. Are you familiar with yes, that book? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yes. And she says, you know, every morning get up, write two full by uh -huh. hand, not on the yep. computer, but by hand write two pages of what's going on in your brain, total brain dump, just get it all out there. That way you can start your day fresh after you have all of these wandering thoughts going on. Absolutely. And, and, and back to, and to that point, when you get to that Rick Rubin book, he says something really, really interesting. He says, keep a notebook next to your bed at all times. And when a thought comes in, write it down. Even if it's three o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, when you go to the restroom, whatever that might be, write it down. And he says, try to do it in the same position that you get that thought, because even if you move your head a little bit, that thought might escape you or that idea might escape you. Sit there and write it down, whatever it is, two words, three words, just give yourself a reminder, draw it, even if you have to draw it. I'm telling you, Erica, I think you'll really enjoy that book because it is talks about creativity on a whole different level. And one of the things is really, because he works with a lot of music artists, is really writing and being in that zone, in that creative state um, and really exploring it and not putting any restrictions. At times, you may not feel creative for two to three days, and that's okay. When you do, make sure you take that time and give creativity the space that it needs because that's when your best ideas are going to come out. So that really reminded me, and I'm glad you brought that up because it is really, really true. Like we need to... We need to distill. We have too many things going on. There's dopamine hits left and right on social media, on all of these. Our phones are pinging all the time. People need our attention here, there, over, all over the place. We need to control that and by giving ourselves our own time. And then you can take care of everybody else. You have to be selfish with that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It is important to have those 
exercises or tools to help you along the way, because it is so easy to just get caught up in the grind of working. Mm -hmm. And if you don't take a break, you, your mental capacity gets overloaded 100%. and you're like, okay, I'm not helpful to the business. I'm not helpful to myself. I'm not helpful to my family. So yeah. You end up being frustrated. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And a frustrated mind can't be creative and productive. Absolutely. That's exactly what it is. To me, I, I still look at myself sometimes. And I'm like, why didn't you start writing four years ago? Like, you know, you think back and it's always easier to think, why didn't I? Why didn't I? And I think at times I just tell myself, hey, at least you started now. And it's been I've been writing, Erica, online and just to myself for 12 months every single day. And I have not missed one day. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. So it's just been a You've been putting in the reps. <laughs> that's it. It's all about putting in the reps and it gets easier every day. Every day my thoughts flow differently and I know how to catch them and I need to always have a little even if I'm, you know, uh, uh driving somewhere and if I have a thought, I turn on my voice memo thing and I just talk into my phone and then I go back and listen to it and then I go in and write it or journal it or whatever that might be because I'm trying to be very cognizant about what's going on because a lot of those thoughts, when they happen in one moment, they're gone the next moment. And if you don't catch it, then you lose them. And then that might be one of the best ideas you had and it might be one of the best solutions you had for, an, for a product or business or something that's going on in your personal life. And if you don't catch it, I think you 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 lose out on it. And I think that's the worst thing that can happen. I agree. I keep my iPhone with me all the time. So I am forever opening up the notes app yep, yep. <laughs> and writing down things. And one of the things that I've started to do is I keep a folder in there of all of my wins for the week. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. So whether it's a personal win, a business win, whatever, I need that to remind myself, especially on those days when things aren't going so great that, okay, I did accomplish something this week. I literally just created my wins folder because I'm going to use that. No joke. That's the best. I thank you for that. See, these are the things these, these conversations like this just give you a whole different perspective and we don't give ourselves enough credits. We let a lot of stuff go unnoticed when it's actually there's people that can't do what you do or what I do or what somebody else does. And when you feel like, oh, that comes easy to me. And but it is a win. You need to look at it because a year from now, you're going to be like, oh, I did that in 2023. Man, this is easy work, you know. So thank you for that. That's a nice little hack I just learned. Well, you're welcome. And I only discovered it last year, but it's one of those things that I wish I had done earlier because I've been on this entrepreneurial journey for a long time and I would only celebrate the super big wins mm -hmm. and I would kind of dismiss the small ones. Mm -hmm. And as I stopped and looked at what I was doing, I'm like, hold on, I shouldn't diminish those small ones because those small ones make me appreciate all of it. The small, the medium, the large wins, all of them. Yep. So I think it is important to acknowledge the small ones because here's the thing. We're probably going to have a whole lot more small ones than the super large ones. Always. Right? Always. <laughs> always. I mean, even just, you know, hey, I paid off my school loan. I did this. Those are big wins. But what about, hey, I, I had this, you know, bill that I couldn't pay for a long time and I just did it and it's 
you know, it's maybe it's a $500 bill or something, whatever that might be. Those are the important ones because without those, you don't have anything that's big. I completely agree. And that was my thinking behind it. So it did take me some time to get to that point, but I'm glad I'm at that point and I, and I do it every week. So I am very thankful for that. Absolutely. Knowing what you know now, would you do anything differently on your MeBet journey? Honestly, I wouldn't uh, because I think my journey is my journey. And I think I had to go through obstacles and challenges and successful points and all these other things. I don't think that I would do anything differently. Um, I've always been pretty good about, you know, except certain parts of my life, like I've always been pretty good about keeping a, a good balance between my health and my, my work and, you know, everything going on. But no, I don't think that I would do anything differently. Those are all just experiences that I get to take with me and, and make everything better in the future. So um, I, I, I don't think I would, honestly. What are two tips that you give someone who wanted to bet on themselves but doesn't know where to start? One tip would be whatever you're doing, just do it. Like Nike says, just do it. <laughs> because I think uh, with the internet nowadays, uh, the, the barrier of entry is so low that anybody could do anything um, start a business at any point, even if it's a side hustle. Um, so I would say who, whoever's listening to this, whatever you're thinking about, stop thinking about it and just put it into action. Even the smallest little thing. I always tell my friends, if you're, I have a lot of my friends are still at nine to five jobs and all these other things. And they're always asking me about business advice and all these other things. And some of them I've been telling them for five years, just do this, just do this. And nobody has taken action. I told my friend one time, I said, dude, if you just took 30 minutes a day and let's say you want to start a real estate business, I don't know, just using that as an example, go start drawing a logo, what you want that to look like. Go start putting down a list of things that you're good at. What you're, are you good at talking with people? Are you not? Are you, whatever that might be, start, start somewhere, start putting that idea, start bringing it to life as a, a whoever is painting, they don't just start with a with a colorful canvas and a bunch and the perfect colors and all these other things, they just start throwing paint at it and they go through three or four canvases before they get to a place where they say, oh, that I might actually look like something or I might can. So just start is honestly the number one tip and put it into action. And the second thing is stop worrying about competition and what everyone else is doing because I think the amount of energy you put into other people is the amount of energy you're not putting into yourself. And when you start peeking over the fence too much and looking at the competition, you're worried about what they're doing and you're not worried about yourself and how you're going to make progress. Because I always, my, my saying always goes, take a, take an identical business plan and give it to two people and you're going to get two completely different businesses because everyone has their own unique take on how they interpret something, how they do something, how they go about something. So you can look it over the shoulder or whatever that might be, but that person's always going to have a different pathway than you are. And so figure out just how you can put time into yourself and not peek over at the competition because it, it doesn't suit you in any way to, to look over the fence too much. I think that's great advice. Thank you. I think sometimes we get overwhelmed with what to do first. It's like, okay, we have this idea. 
but we get overwhelmed with all of these other steps and other things that we think we should be doing before we actually take action. Yep. So I think that is helpful. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, like I said, starting an online website, starting this, it's all very easy. You don't need to learn how to be a developer. You don't need to be a designer. There's pre-made templates. There's, I mean, it's just like writing in a Google doc. Now, if you can open up a Google doc, you can almost start a website at this point. Absolutely. That's so true. So Z, where can people find you and connect with you? I know you're on Twitter and LinkedIn. Is that right? Yeah. So I'm on Twitter and LinkedIn. Those are the, probably the two primary places where people can look me up. I also write on a weekly newsletter. I also have a podcast called What Is My Brain? Like you mentioned earlier, connect with me on Twitter, send me a DM, whatever that might be. Connect with me on LinkedIn. I write online every single day. And I just share my share my journey, share my experience, or share what I'm learning from other people, um, motivating people to start something and giving them, you know, the breakdown of how easy it is and and what they need to do and without overcomplicating things. And so um, that's probably the best place to to follow me and and kind of look at what I'm talking about on a daily basis. That's fantastic. Well, I hope people do reach out to you because you have some really great resources in that weekly newsletter that you put out. And I really enjoy your podcast as well. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me on the MeBet today. I appreciate that. Thank you, Erica. I really appreciate it. It's an honor to be here and connecting with you. And uh, we're going to have to get you on my podcast as well, because I'm excited about your journey, how you kicked this off. So uh, look forward to that one. Great. Awesome. We'll definitely have to arrange something. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you again, Eric. I really appreciate it. Z is so much fun to talk to. Here are three takeaways. Action breeds results. Get started and figure it out as you go along. Don't worry about what the competition is doing. Stay focused on your goal. Daily writing helps to organize your mind and clear it out to make room for more things to come into your brain. It's important to be open to learning, adjusting when necessary, and applying valuable lessons to future projects. That's it for today. Join me, your host, Erica Johnson next week on the MeBet podcast with another amazing guest.